It's the Monday Wrap with my dad, Pastor Mark. Well, hello everyone, this is Pastor Mark, and you're joining me for the Monday Wrap for Sunday, October the 3rd, 2021, in a message I entitled, The Human Element, based on Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. Let's read that passage. Mark 8, verses 31 through 38. He, Jesus, then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. Peter took him aside and they began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, In this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when He comes in His Father's glory with the holy angels. You know, I started off on Sunday by saying that we're all humans, aren't we? We make mistakes. Sometimes we stick our feet in our mouths, don't we? We're fallen. We're depraved. Uh, We've all stumbled. We've all faltered. And we've all failed. We've all encountered what I call the human element. And we've all fallen victim to its toxins. And the human element is composed of many things, isn't it? It's a mixture of things to include pride and greed and uh, ignorance and selfishness and bitterness and gluttony and many other things to include just plain stupidity and dumb luck. The human element is quite simply all of the crazy and unfortunate stuff we get ourselves into as we navigate this fallen world as fallen people. It's the apples we take from the tree of life. It's the unfortunate things that make us human. And as we approach our passage of scripture, I want you to notice the many references to the human element. Now the surface level message of this passage has to do with Jesus's death and resurrection. Jesus has brought the disciples together on this occasion to share with them what it is he's come to earth to do. It's this, uh, it is a time of intimacy and candor that our Lord has with his closest confidants. But as we know, things don't go smoothly, do they? Oh, impetuous Peter, as he often does, lets his mouth get ahead of his mind, and he blurts out something that seemingly gets under Jesus' skin, something that sends Jesus on a bit of a diatribe. Peter, in other words, demonstrates the human element. Jesus starts off in verses 31 through 32, and he tells us, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. So Jesus has laid it out in plain English, or I said on Sunday, plain Aramaic, right? (laughs) There should be no question as to what he's saying. There should be no question as to the future. There should be no question that something supernatural is going to occur in the life of Jesus. He is going to die, yes, but he's also going to rise. 
Again, nevertheless, in verse 32, Peter says, or it says, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now, that's a pretty bold thing to do, isn't it? To rebuke the Son of God. (laughs) Peter demonstrates his typical foot and mouth disease and gives Jesus a piece of his mind. He demonstrates the human element. The divine element, as it were, Jesus, has just spoken, but Peter comes along, as many of us do in life, right? And he mixes the toxic human element with it. He pollutes things. And what happens next? Verse 33. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. The the rebuke turns right back on Peter, doesn't it? Jesus goes guns on Peter. Jesus refers to Peter as Satan and tells him to get out of the way, to shut up, to move on. I mean, wow, folks. How would that make you feel? How would it feel to have the Son of God rebuke you in such a harsh manner? I'm not sure it would make us feel very good. But, but, but as I said on Sunday, Jesus isn't really calling Peter Satan. What he's saying is, Peter, you're not following the right person. Peter, you're following Satan, the master of lies. You're not following the Son of Man, the bearer of truth and righteousness and love and grace and mercy and all power. You're following something much lesser, this fallen angel, Satan. But it demonstrates the human element, doesn't it? That aspect of us that thinks we know what's good for us, that part of us that doesn't want to listen to God but rather wants to do it our own way. That part of us in our pride and arrogance that thinks we know best. I told the story of my arrogance as a young military officer and and how I talked back to a superior, but that superior showed me grace, thank goodness, and and, uh, counseled me and, and mentored me in that moment. But I just talked about how it's so easy to be disobedient, so easy to, to not take the right path, to not follow the right person, to follow some errant philosophy or some errant ideal or, and to miss the truth. And I'm sure many of you have stories like that, don't you? A time when you went at it alone, where you struck out without the wise counsel of others or of God, where you fell prey to the human element. And as our passage continues, Jesus his fires are lit, aren't they, as, uh, by Peter's attempt to rebuke him. And what he says next can only be described as a dissertation on the human element. Jesus launches off on a tongue-lashing diatribe. Starting in verse 34, he says, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Do you you hear the human element here? Jesus indirectly but clearly continues his rebuke of Peter and of all mankind by highlighting Number one, the selfishness inherent in man, right? For whoever would save his own life. Jesus is saying whoever's more concerned about his own life than than the life that I have for him, and whoever's concerned about uh, saving his own skin than, 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 than preaching, teaching the gospel, or following me, no matter what I call him to do, no matter who's so selfish to be disobedient, to ignore God, whoever would save his own life, what's it say? 
you will lose it. This selfishness, the idea of selfishness, is part of the human element. But he goes on, he says, he rebukes Peter and all of mankind, number two, for, for giving in to the wiles and temptations of the world. He says, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but lose his soul? Again, Jesus is covering these topics. It's indirect, but Jesus is covering these topics because they're a problem. He wouldn't be covering these things if, if they weren't problems, but they are problems. And so Jesus is addressing them. He says, if you fall, fall prey to the temptations of this world, to the glitz and glamour of this world, to the things that are drawing you away from God in this world, then you're going to lose your soul. You're going to lose everything. You're going to be striving and gaining nothing. That's part of the human element, isn't it? Falling prey to temptation. But he doesn't stop there. He rebukes Peter and all of mankind, number three, for being ashamed of Jesus, for being ashamed of him and the gospel. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words. Again, Jesus is addressing this because it's a problem. How many times have we been ashamed of Jesus? How many times have we not wanted to speak up when somebody we know somebody needed to hear something about Jesus, but we don't say anything because we don't want people to think we're weird. We don't want them to think we're those Bible-thumping Christians. Or we don't post something on Facebook about our faith because we don't want our Facebook friends to know that we're Christians or that we're deep people of deep faith. But folks, Jesus says, if you're ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you. But that's part of the human element, isn't it? Sometimes we turn our back on God. We're ashamed of God. Number four, he rebukes Peter and all of mankind for being adulterous and sinful. I mean, he sends that directly, doesn't he? He says, in this adulterous and sinful generation. And that's kind of a, a catch-all, isn't it? Because sin and adultery, that catches a lot of sin, doesn't it? But all of these things are part of the human element. You see, Jesus throws the human element in the disciples' faces. He rebukes them for the things that draw them away from God, the things that ruin their testimonies before God and man, and the things that prove their depravity. But you say, Pastor, I, I can't help that I'm human. The, the human element is an involuntary thing that is just simply part of who I am. I mean, Romans 3.23 says, I'm a sinner. What do I do? Well, Jesus answers that question in our passages today, doesn't he? At the same time that he's identifying the various negative aspects of the human element, he's also proclaiming the antidotes for it. The overarching solution is simple. Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Folks, the central step in dealing with the human element is to give up on our own wisdom, on our own ways, and our own self-leadership. Jesus says very simply, follow me. I told the story about Iron Mike at the infantry school at Fort Benning, Georgia. He's got his hand up. He's leaning forward. He's motioning for people to follow him. And at the, at the, underneath in the caption, it says, follow me. Follow me. And, and you think about it, Iron Mike is the quintessential leader. He's the military leader. He's the military officer or non-commissioned officer who's saying, follow me, follow me because I know where I'm going. Follow me because I know the mission. Follow me because I am competent and I will lead you along right paths. And folks, that's what Jesus means when he says, follow me. Jesus says, I'm the son of man. You can trust me. I know what right is. I know where we're going. I know what time we need to be there. I know where we need to be. Follow me. And I made the note on Sunday that follow me is a, is a command, no doubt, but it's also an invitation. It's a challenge and a comfort, isn't it? I mean, it's a challenge because 
We say, man, it's hard to follow God, but it's also a comfort because when we follow God, we know he's in control. He's got our back. We're not going to have to worry about anything. He knows what tomorrow looks like. We can trust him. Yes, it's a challenge to follow him, but it's also comfortable. It's a command, but it's also an invitation, an extended arm to say, come, just be with me. It's out front leading the charge, but it's also that in which comes alongside and encourages. Jesus doesn't just say, follow me, stay behind me, and don't get in my way. He says, come along. Let me. In fact, let's go arm in arm in this thing. I want to encourage you. I want to inspire you. I want to empower you. You don't have to do this alone. Folks, follow me has depth. It has real meaning. I mean, when, when Jesus says, follow me, it's not what we typically, I mean, we probably have read this passage a hundred times and skipped right over there, but follow me is so profound. It's Jesus saying, let's do this, but let's do this together. It's Jesus saying, you have an obligation to follow, but you can turn your back if you want to, but if you don't, I'll be right there with you, guiding you, directing you, loving you, empowering you. What better to know that the God of the universe is leading and inviting all at the same time. Jesus is saying, give me, uh, give up your own desires, your own wants, your own selfish ambitions, and just follow me. But folks, I, I know that follow me is hard. It's hard to give up our own ambitions and our own desires and to follow Jesus. It's hard to neutralize that human element. And so how do we do it? How do we take the human element and neutralize it? decrease its effects on us. And I gave you two applications. I mean, first of all, we got to recognize the human element in ourselves. We got to recognize our humanity. We, we got to recognize that temptation and sin are always pulling us away from God. We've got to recognize the ways that we don't follow God, that we don't submit to God, uh, that we act like Peter and rebuke God. We've got to recognize the times we're more concerned about our temporal lives, our comforts and our pleasures than we are about the life that God has for us. We've got to recognize when we have forfeited or when we are forfeiting our souls to the world and we've got to recognize those times when like spiritual cowards, we deny the name of Christ. We've got to recognize the human element in us. We've got to admit that we have a problem, right? And then secondly, the second thing we have to do is we have to willfully step up and follow Jesus. We have to put aside our sin and our desires and our wants. We have to take up our crosses, the burdens of our faith, and strike out on mission for the Lord. This isn't easy, is it? Nevertheless, it's our spiritual destiny. It's what we are called to do. Indeed, the only way to counteract the human element is to hasten a spiritual chemical reaction with it by introducing the divine element, by allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us and fill us and just to do his work in our lives. You say, well, how do I introduce divine elements into my life? And I gave you four ways to do that. First of all, we've got to be in devotions. We've got to be in God's word. As we get into God's word and that word starts to fill us, that's a divine element that will counteract the human element. Number two, we've got to be in prayer. Prayer is a counter is a divine element that counteracts and neutralizes the human element. It's our relationship with God. It's our talking to God. It's our request to God. It's our thanksgiving to God. Thirdly, we've got to live a life of fellowship and service through the church. We've got to be a part of what the church is doing. We've got to be come together in fellowship for encouragement and for accountability. As we are encouraged through others in the church, as we are held accountable 
uh, to our faith through others in the church. That's divine element, folks, that counteracts the human element. And then finally, love. I'd be remiss if I didn't say love, right? Love counteracts all things. When we love God first and then love others, that's a divine element that neutralizes the human element. Folks, we can't just sit around and do nothing. If we sit around and do nothing, if we don't feed our hearts and our minds and our souls with God's word and prayer and fellowship and love, then the human element will eat. It's a poison and it'll eat us up from the inside out. But as soon as we draw close to God through his word, through prayer, through the church, and through love, loving him and loving others, folks, that human element gets neutralized. And over time, things look better, things seem better, and things are better because we're living a life of God-inspired power and encouragement and love and grace and mercy and confidence and folks. That's what God wants for each of us. That's what he wants for you, and that's what he wants for me. He wants to neutralize our human element with his divine element. And folks, if we stop resisting, he'll do it. Well, I hope that uh, this rap has been inspiring. I hope that it helps summarize what we talked about on Sunday. And I hope to see you next Sunday. God bless. Have a great week. Join us next week for the Monday Wrap with my dad.